Well, hello there. This is Brian Melanson, and you have tuned in to this episode of the Altitude Sessions podcast brought to you by M4 Innovation. Recording this from our studio here in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. We're glad you stopped by. We have a great episode today. We're going to talk a little bit more around what Legos have to do with the insurance product designs that you may be thinking through. We're going to get into a little bit more on the Medicare for All debate. Continue to heat up. Let's get into it. All right. Well, podcast friends, again, thanks for tuning into the Altitude Sessions. Got a uh, glass of whiskey here in my hand. It is Friday afternoon as we record this. I'm just back from a trip with one of our member companies out to Miami and trying to get uh, caught up on this so we can get everything out uh, that that, uh, we need to get out here before the end of the week. So again, thanks for being with us and take a sip here and celebrate what I hope has been a good week for you. And I'm just glad to be back with Jackson Hole where you know, here early May, it was snowing yesterday. So at some point, I think winter may lose its grip. One second, here we go. Oh, man. Okay. So, uh, you know, I guess we'll start with a little PSA. Whoever the heck decides that uh, we need 900 software updates coming at us at all different brands and varieties all the time. Man, who who thinks that's great? I know there's a whole world in the technology side that says if we can do these shorter sprints and do a lot more updates you get a better always updating product but my god man from a consumer perspective sometime just leave me alone it seems like every time I get in here and you know we get ready to get going and such there's like nine nine hundred different things that need to be updated and thought through and have to be clicked and passwords have to be remembered and everything else. I guess at the very least if these are supposed to be continuous and synonymous and always updating products Hey guys, help us out by remembering passwords and auto-updating at times when when we're not here. And you can click some things that that allow you to do that, but there's some tools that don't. So anyway, that's my my, uh, public service announcement for all of our our tech friends out there in the world. You know, just as you're releasing new and and innovative and continuous products, keep us little guys in mind with uh, all the, the various updating and button clicking and things that have to happen to keep this going. Gosh. I think about this I think I'm sounding a lot older these days but uh, anyway so here we are this uh, all the software stuff on our, on our computers here in the studios now it's all updated so we're ready to rock and roll here on this Friday afternoon so you know let's start with the the discussions down at you know Wex Health they had their spark conference and they were kind enough to invite me to come down and spend time with them and you know I actually actually was asked to sit on a pretty esteemed panel with with some other folks and you know, as part of that that discussion and some things that that we got into you know there was a lot of a lot of discussion around product personalization and customization and insurance and it really kind of rolled into you know some of the future leaning things that we've talked about in previous podcasts here so you know there there was you know a lot of uh, data that was thrown out there and other things but you know when, when I continue to think about the industry as it sits today and as it we think about strategies going forward and who's going to be kind of in the, you know, controlling the ball on some of these strategies, you really have you know, a couple of different perspectives, I guess you can take, or at least two two big ones, and you guys probably can come up with several others. One is we can have this this approach of central planning, and that's part of the, you know, minimum standards where the government says this is, this is you have to have this stuff in your, your product, no questions asked. The law requires it, and we're telling you this from a central resource that 
a minimum viable product of any type has to have at least this. And then you've got, you know, the, the other side, even beyond minimum viable product in some of the discussions that are going on right now, I guess before we get into that, then you got the, this is the product and it's not going to have, you know, in the most extreme versions of what we're hearing in the Medicare for all debates and others, there's going to be no out of pockets and we're going to eliminate this and that. And, you know, we're going to make it so easy and streamlined, but it's going to be completely centrally planned and probably pretty darn bureaucratic. And the government's going to make decisions on your behalf and, you know, but it's being sold as this, this thing that will reduce your overall financial liability. It's going to make the top earners in the country pay because gosh, you know, they need to be paying more anyway. And it's going to make your life better. Just trust us. We know it's better for you than, than, than probably you do. And that's that, that central planning component. You can argue today, even in a lot of the, the fully insured products that exist out there from insurers, they're the central planners. And there, there may be market competition across, you know, three or four of these, these insurers in a respective market, if you're lucky, but they, they kind of are the, the central planners competing against each other. And you just happen to be someone that is, is lucky enough, I guess, to pay for the things that they've, they've designed for you. And, you know, that's been kind of the, the model for quite a while. And what, what I think is potentially exciting at the same point, maybe a little overwhelming because the, the system stuff that has to to be thought out for this to to work forward is still is still pretty big but i think there are companies thinking about it right now that are up to the challenge and that want to want to think through how all this would come together as is a is a framework the other the other way of going about it getting back to the discussion around customization is i i kind of view the insurance product today that that's been constructed by by many folks as this big like Lego Lego house. Let's just say it's the fire station if you were a kid with with Legos and something I talked about on the panel. If if you are a you know, if if you've been a kid and you've loved Legos and that was a big thing at some point in your life and still maybe even today, I know with my kids it's still a big deal for us to sit down as a as a family and treat it like a puzzle and put it together. But oftentimes when you go buy these comprehensive sets, they come with very very, very instructive uh, guides that are with pictures and they tell you which brick to click where and how. And when you're all said and done, you end up with the comprehensive look that was on the box that you bought. You know, insurance products today, they kind of, they're kind of the same way. It's, it's here, here's the roadmap. This is what you can and can't do. And we're going to try to design what's best for the large masses, maybe ignoring a lot of the customizations in, in the special things that you as an individual may need. Or if we do, we're specializing something specific for you at the expense of, of maybe some folks that, that do or don't need it. And, you know, that's been the, the mantra around insurance for the longest time. And you look in other parts of the, uh, of, of the insurance domain and a lot of the things that are going on in tech and others, you know, they're, they're starting to look at that fire station and say, you know what, you know, maybe somebody wants to come in and knock that fire station down, you know, take all the bricks that are laying on the floor and reconstruct components of what they had, but perhaps they end up with something that looks like a really cool looking dragon instead of a fire station using the available resources and perhaps even new things to customize the output of the product or solution directly to them. 
There's a lot of stuff going on in InsureTech and on-demand insurance and all how that all rolls together and you buy what you need when you want it and you kind of discard the rest. That's one way of looking at it. It's, you know, hard to say in a comprehensive insurance world that, you know, that's what every consumer is going to want. But I think there is this this world that says that there there could be this brick-by-brick customization like Legos that allow us to start with some type of a foundation. And, and this almost goes back to what insurance originally was. You know, if if life turns left, if we're we're going down the road and, you know, the turning right is good things happening in our life, turning left is the stuff that surprises us, that happens to all of us, uh, that we have to deal with. If and when that time happens, when life turns left for you and or it turns left for me or it turns left for a family member, and by left it could be the unexpected recently diagnosed cancer, it could be from getting run over at the intersection walking your kid to soccer practice. It could be, you know, in this day and age, unfortunately, sometimes it feels like, you know, gunshot wound to the arm. Things that happen that just happen immediately that can't be planned, that are the left turns in life that just have to be dealt with. There's a whole lot about insurance and cost control and other things that say it's right now, it's when we turn left, it's when we get sick, it's when the unexpected happens that the the industry is at its most expensive and can be argued at times it's most ineffective from a cost perspective. You can take it the other way and say, but it could be highly effective because of the, you know, the outcome where, you know, bullets removed from the arm or, you know, your leg is put back together after being run over at the intersection or, you know, the cancer that you've been diagnosed with has been, has been eradicated and, you know, your five plus year outlook is, is, is really, really good. So you can say all the stuff that happens in that domain could be in, 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 and often is, is it's really good stuff, but it also is expensive. You can make an argument there that that is what insurance is. It's what it's what it was designed to do, it's what it's supposed to do, and it's supposed to cover you when things just don't go right. But then there's all the other stuff. When you go back to the Lego analogy and everything else, there's all the other stuff that happens today that people assume insurance should cover that they assume that that these things should be included in the overall bundle. It's this is the firehouse, and I feel comfortable that it can put out any fire anywhere, any, anyhow, any way that may happen in my life, no matter how little or how small, and even if it's just the day-in and day-out trips to the primary care doctor, or if it's an ambulatory thing that, uh, you know, I have more time to plan for, or if it's, you know, I want to get a, a wart removed from my hand, I have more time to plan for that. You know, there's this expectation that all that stuff should be handled. Or, you know, I have a a child that has a, a behavioral disorder, or I'm dealing with depression, or I'm dealing with diabetes, or other things that are more chronic and things that we're going to be living with and dealing with and having to work through for quite a long time. You know, that's that's not necessarily the stuff that's the immediate left turn where you have no say in the system. You, you, you basically just, you're not going to be on your back thinking about, gosh, am I going to a high cost and quality or low cost and quality provider in this situation. No, you don't care because at that point, you know, the the need is so immediate. You just need the system to take care of you. That's the backstop to the system. And it's the one that I think, you know, has to continually be worked on. And, and you know, the, the role and the value of the insurer, I think going forward in a lot of this is returning to its roots and saying, we want to we wanna attack and solve that issue and figure out, one, how to have your back when you're on your back. And then two, how to do it in a way that doesn't always 
break the bank for society. And that's the fight that needs to be waged and the wars that need to be fought and won and, you know, the battles that need to be lost, maybe in the overall scheme of winning the war. That's, that's the stuff that has, to be, that has to be thought through. All this other, this other stuff that's going on around direct primary care and that we've talked about in the past and, you know, all the digital therapeutics that are coming out to help you be more adherent to medicine and to help you, you know, learn how to handle, even in a rural environment, a, a kid who has a behavioral disorder and other things, those, those are all things that you can plan for. Those are all things that, that become custom bricks that you can pick up off the floor and click into the master design that becomes the customized idea or policy for you as an individual. And that to me is, is potentially the, the really exciting frontier that is coming in in healthcare and, and particularly in insurance product design, it's this world where instead of having this big comprehensive elephant that says we're going to cover all and cover as much and just, you know, all these other things that are out there that are digital therapeutics and others that are, their aim is eventually to go through the R&D lab that is the employer market to do get enough successful results so that they become covered in the comprehensive matters that are, are the insurance policy where the insurer says, yeah, you're now kind of certified as one of our better solutions for, for employers or, you know, taking things that direction. I, I mean, I, I think that taking it really more the direction to the, to the consumer level, whether you're employed or whether you're buying policies through group or you're buying it through on your own, the exciting part to me is that we have the ability as we move forward to actually take these, these unique things, these things that exist that are unique issues in our lives and figure out ways to click those things into the overall design that, that's being built in kind of our Lego set, if you will, moving beyond the blueprint of the firehouse and moving really more into the personalized blueprint of what works best for me as an individual. I think that that, that is what it could even allow us to see some of the real promise of all the artificial intelligence and the Internet of Things connectivities that's out there with, you know, the Internet of Things connectivity that's out there with all of the smartwatches and other smart things that are watching us at all times, even the the wireless mesh technologies that people are looking at to, you know, could they even potentially look at how we're how we're breathing in the in our homes and those type of things if we want to allow for that kind of stuff to get that um, intrusive or I guess that smart, whatever term you want to use there. What I think is really cool, though, is you take all this stuff and it could allow for the true personalization of insurance, a product that for the longest time has been built to be highly inefficient and meet the needs of the masses. And, and partly that's the run up. And I think in some of the, 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 at least around the surface of some of the expense stuff that, that's going on in, in the industry. You know, if I want to go, you know, click, 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 direct primary care is my option for how to enter the system, or even more so if I want to go text-based, primary care always on 24-7 is my entry into the system, and then I want to add something to help manage my, my child's behavioral disorder, and I want to help, I want to add something that helps manage, you know, the, uh, the diabetes that I may have, and I want to add something that helps manage the caregiver stress that I have because I have aging parents, and I want to add all those things. You know, I want to make those decisions, and I want to be supported by smart artificial intelligence and other things to help me make those decisions. 
And that's, that's a real cool future when you think about where insurance is. And it's not only it's cool, but it's personalizing things. And it's making these products much more useful in the day-to-day, but also making the product pricing much more variable because I'm buying the stuff that I need when I'm chugging, on, chugging along in life and I have time to plan for things. And I know that when that left turn comes, I got this insurance apparatus on the catastrophics and that's just going to take care of me and has negotiated the right deals and, and other things to make sure that it doesn't, again, break the bank for society. And there's other things that can be talked talked about a lot, a lot there, but that that's kind of what that, that session was. And, you know, the WEX folks put on a really great gathering. They had you know, a lot of energy there and there's a lot of discussion around, you know, what's going on with you know, all the various spending account permutations in the market and the technologies they have to meet that demand. And, you know, it's a really light, enlightening time in Miami. Glad to be back. A little bit tired today, but certainly um, thought that the the overall gathering was great and really appreciated the opportunity to talk a little bit more about this, this customization, this personalization opportunity that I think exists. Because we do kind of, again, you know, bringing it full circle, you kind of have this two paths. You can have somebody plan it all for you and say, here's a firehouse and we're going to put it together for you and just marvel at the view. Or you can get more involved and you can use these new technologies as they come along in the next five to 10 years and they get much better and the data behind them gets much better. You know, that that presents an opportunity to allow things to be far more customized and personalized to us. And it's, it's this personalization of the overall quote unquote insurance experience, although there may be a good portion of things that I'm paying a cash price for or I'm paying you know, some type of, of a monthly access fee for that just gets embedded into the whole premium. But I have more of a say and the assistants and other things that are that are working with me have more of a say into what that looks like for me as an individual. I think that's a cool, cool opportunity that's coming. And I just thought that was a fascinating discussion that we got in while we were in Miami. Oh, yes. Friday afternoon libation is never a bad thing. All right, so the, the last thing I, I want to talk about here today, just the, the pull this thing through, it, about a little over a year ago, I guess, gosh, somewhere around February of last year, 2018, uh, I was part of a, a session where I was allowed to to talk kind of about the the future of the employer market. And, you know, during that discussion, I made a comment based on a lot of proprietary data that we've run here, and it sits with us, and it's something that, that we kind of hold near and dear, and I'm not going to talk a whole lot about it publicly, but, but bottom line is we looked at the combination of costs. We looked at some of the populism trends. We looked at some of the political trends, the electoral trends, and other things, and said, hey, if we were to take a, a best guess on how to label where we are right now in the employer market in health insurance, how would we label that? And I came up with, you know, a real simple statement that I think has carrying value in the market. I think we are in a period right now that I estimate to be an eight or so year period that started about a year ago that I call the employer's last stand. It is a time when employers are going to aggregate through coalitions are going to find other unique ways to aggregate to push back and try to gain leverage anywhere they can in the market. They are going to uh, have a, a pretty active, at least subset 
of the employee benefit brokerage community that's going to be out there doing anything and everything they can to innovate and carry a hell of a lot of passion in the process of doing it, but to innovate and to find solutions for not only curing maybe the affordability issues for in any given employer that that particular benefits broker is working with or consultants working with, but to hopefully find stair steps into more scale that it creates more of a dent in the overall affordability trends for the healthcare economy as, 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 a, to- as, as a whole. And I think the work there is, it's fascinating. I think there are a lot of people that are very passionate around how they want to accomplish that and what they want to do to get things done. And there are no shortage of a thousand ideas right now on the right places to start. Uh, that's been a lot of fun for me to sit back and even just, just kind of watch. But, you know, again, from the macro strategic perspective, when you're planning, you know, long-term out of the, over the next several years and you're trying to get a feel for what's all the stuff that's going to be coming at us over the next five or 10 years and what are the things that we need to be at least, you know, planning for from a contingency perspective, you know, labeling this as kind of that employer last stand period, I think has some makes sense. And I know there are some people out there that will disagree with me as they did with me that day in February last year. But what's nice is the the cocktail discussions after the fact, there were some some breakthroughs in that discussion and what that really meant. And you can take it a couple of different ways. One is if you are in the employer apparatus today and you are trying to, you're making your living doing it or you are a person that's responsible for benefits and recruiting for your employees from the employer perspective, or you are someone who provides products and services from a risk perspective in that market, and you lead teams that go out and try to drive that, those, those uh, new services into the market, there's a lot of you out there, and we have a, a really big part of the health economy that's tied to this segment of the business. My, my comment was, you know, on kind of the first of, two paths you could take there is that you can take that statement and maybe get pissed off but or get to work or whatever it is but go out there and do enough under the employer umbrella take enough of the fragmented pieces that is the employer market as it exists today and go make a dent and take this as a as a you know one guy standing up on a stage and giving a warning shot saying that you know sometime in the next eight years things might turn left for you and go do it and go make things happen. And, and let's, you know, let's see this incredible period of, of innovation and let's see this incredible period of cost savings and let's see this incredible period of employee productivity and let's see this incredible period of employer earnings and other things because of the things that you as a group or as an individual have done. The other, the other side to it is, you know, option two is, you can start to say in my, my planning and my planning strategies that it might be time to hedge. The populism is running pretty rampant. We've talked about it in the past. There are people out there offering a whole lot of free shit around healthcare these days as a way to separate themselves in the pack of political folks as they try to you know, work their way toward the presidency, as they try to work their way toward controlling the Senate, as they try to work their way toward controlling the House, as they try to work their way toward controlling the state house, the governorships. This is a lightning rod topic and it's not going away anytime soon. And, you know, there is this chance that at some point, even the work that you've done hasn't stopped 
the bleeding from an affordability perspective and hasn't stopped the bleeding from the, the perspective of the number of employers offering coverage or hasn't stopped the bleeding to such an extent that the products and services being offered now are so unaffordable that nobody really wants to buy them anymore. If that happens, then there's the other path. It's the expansion of Medicare. It's the expansion of Medicaid. It's, it's, it's all these other things that, that it, it could be even a, a completely uh, unique true market forces approach that says that it's just a complete move away from employer coverage, but it's still a private market where people buy commercial offerings, but they do it as consumers that are mandated in some way, shape, or form to have some insurance coverage, a la the car insurance industry. And we could at some point get to that. You know, there there was a lot of room to to run in that. And, you know, I find the, you know, the discussions on that, that second side, I mean, you can find numbers and ammunition on both sides to, to, to make your case. I mean, on the second side, you know, you have the Medicare trust that is, you know, will not be able to meet its obligations or 100% of its obligations in 2026. I think we know that. I mean, in 2026, the Center on Budget and Policy Priorities, you know, said that the trust fund itself will only be meeting about 89% of its obligations at that point. That's just a few short years away. And that is something that's going to require policy action at some point to to shore it up. And, you know, the policy action around that is either ways to find ways to cut cost, of which they're staring down that path, and they've got to figure that out. And there's a lot of work going on in Medicare right now around that. That's probably a combination of that. It's probably looking at the the Medicare rate itself and what we collect through our paychecks and what employers and employees have to pay. You know, the estimates are that it's got to go from 1.45% to 1.9. That's then doubled. It's really 3.8% by the time the employer pays their side and that that would help uh, stem some of this. So there, there's, there's, you know, that's, that's a view, if you will. Uh, and that's the, the view that Medicare is getting bigger. There's more people aging into it. There's more people using those services. And given the fact that it has a, a global budget that it has to manage and has to control cost, is that the way that we push down the innovation in this system through all the various facilities and hospitals and providers of services and medical device people and pharmaceutical companies and so on and so forth? Is that the way that it needs to happen? It's the downward push of the, again, this big global budget that's that's in this big global cost. It's getting bigger and bigger because of the people that are in it. That's that's one view. And do we need to, you know, in some period, figure out whether even if it's not single payer, if it's some type of universal payer that says we're going to set the mark for pricing in the country, and here's a single price sheet that we're going to work off of, and then the private market can come in and figure out how it wants to work up or down off of that number. And is that something that needs to just just happen as a tweak. And does that happen under that, you know, that period when policymakers and the market, employers and others become convinced that the employers have had their last stand and it's now done? That's one side. You know, on that employer last stand, you know, guys, we're at, you know, with uh, with Milliman, you know, 2018, you guys have seen this number, $28,166 a year in total out-of-pocket and premium liability and other things for a family of four. 
It's a lot of money. And it also is a lot of dollars to play with to figure out what are the things, if those dollars were spent more efficiently, what are the things that we can be doing to improve health, to help uh, an employer recruit people better and can help the employer actually maybe even create jobs because of some of the, the successes that were done. That's the other side of it. You have this, let's plan for society, or you can have this viewpoint of, and, and this is my viewpoint, that there's in the employer-sponsored market, we'd rather have the productivity and the the capital efficiencies and other things of being, one, a great R&D lab. I mean, there are 7.5 million total businesses with two lives or more in the United States. And that, that came from the Bureau of Labor Bureau of Labor Statistics, and it's from 2018. So, you know, you've got that. You know, you've got about half of those folks that actually offer, or half of those companies that actually offer some form of health insurance to their employees. So if you, you know, if you take that and say, gosh, there, there's a, you know, a three, you know, almost four million employer market that's out there that they're all single vessels of R&D, or they may be aggregated under employer or PEO or association health plan or any of a number of, you know, other things. But that's a, that's a really cool, unique thing about our country that is, is it's this, the employer market is this incredible place for R&D that may no longer exist if we have more of this global planning approach to, to things. And if we have this Medicare pushdown approach to, to things, even no matter what that ends up looking like. So, you know, there's, there's this argument that, that is going to play out. And there's this period of, you know, again, I think give or take around eight years for the employer market to show substantial progress, that there's a lot of value in the R&D world that comes from this, that there is a way to go out and innovate and to deliver plans and services products and services, solutions around all the things that as a society we need to have a better better health outlook, that we need to control costs, that we need to honestly to create jobs and other things that are very tied to the healthcare economy today. That you know, there is there's that argument that's gonna that's gonna just continue to play out. And, you know, if you're in that side of the business, this is your moment. It's your moment to run. It is your moment to make an impact. It is your moment to make a statement enough, even as a bunch of individuals coming together as a chorus, to create a big enough impact to say, yes, we've got this. Yes, we can actually make a accretive uh, advantage for our, our economy, for the companies that we serve, and for the employees that that uh, when things go left, they know they're going to be covered because of because of where they work. That's That's the model that we have today. That's the model that I believe is on trial and the whole uh, Medicare for all debate that's going on right now. That is the model that a year ago I said, eight years from now, we're going to see how the employers did as part of this employer last stand period. And we are in it. And we're going to see how it plays out. And the outcomes of all of this in the next several years are going to determine a path for the next 50 years for you know, next generations, my children and their children and your children and, and, and others, they, we're going to figure that out. So we're in that period. And, you know, I can't tell you, you know, there's times when it's stressful, but there I can't tell you how exciting it is to be in a time right now where, you know, it's been a good, you know, 25, 30 years since we've had this kind of debate to this level, to this fever pitch. 
and, and we're having it now and you are part of it and the work that you do either on either side of however you fall into this it's going to impact some some outcome on how the healthcare system is going to be shaped for the next several decades so go out you know do your thing make your mark and we will see you again on the next altitude sessions podcast hopefully that's good fodder and for that you know toast one more time and we'll get along with the weekend all right thanks folks for listening and uh, we will be back here in the next couple of weeks until then go out and have a killer couple of weeks and we look forward to, to talking with you soon thanks